Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. I love the honesty and bravery of Kelly to let people know his struggles in life. Even an all-star NHL goalie can have mental health issues. I love this conversation that we're having because it's real. Caitlin's the rock star. She's the one that got me down this path to share. And uh, I was so pleasantly surprised that she found only uh, support and love. We need to be loud and continue to share our stories. People need to get the help they need. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It sure is. Good morning, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show. Don't mind me. I'm just tweeting the links to the show today. A very exciting day. It is episode number 700 of the RP Show. We do indeed have a live studio audience, and I love these guys already because they're just sitting there. They're just watching we got a few photos ahead of time, but uh, the Moose, Darren DuPont is here, and we're, the doors are open here at the Great Eagle Event Center. Um, it's been a work in progress. It's been a work in progress, uh, this coming together. We, I said we're going to have Riders and Stamps alumni down here. Sheldon Nasty Napasta qualifies as both. <laughs> and there's a heck of a story about Sheldon Napastic that you probably don't know, Darren, because you're too young. Do you yeah. know the story about Sheldon Napastic? I don't know. Rough Riders alumni from North Battleford. Just hang on. I'll get to that story in a second. Okay. Uh, he's coming on. The newest head coach of the or assistant coach in the CFL, Tanya Walter of the BC Lions, the first ever CFL female coach. Tanya Walter is going to be with us in hour one. And former Saskatchewan Rough Rider defensive lineman Jonathan Woodard, who just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, will be with us in hour two. That's when Nasty Napastic is going to be with us as well. I'm very excited to chat with Jonathan Woodard, by the way. He is a baller, and he had some very interesting things to say on social media about the quality of play in the CFL. I don't know if you saw that or if you follow him at all, but it was a very um, interesting thing that he had to say. So that's all coming up. Moose, I'm so happy. <laughs> he brought Tim Horton's birthday cake, Tim Bits, and he said, these are special. This are just for you and me. He said, everybody else can have the donuts that are over there, but we're doing Tim's, Moose, and I. Because I've had a very stressful morning today. Things that I can't literally divulge on a national broadcast. I can't. But it's, I've been a little out of sorts. Yeah. I mean, you've helped me with that. So it's been quite a day. Um, before we hit the quick six show horn, we spent most of the last yeah, three years together. But last <laughs> night, we were separate. You yeah. were out in Banff, you were doing a business call, and I want to say this, I was in uh, Canmore, beautiful Canmore, Alberta, and I've never spent much time there. Yeah. My buddy Jimmy DeCone, he's probably watching right now, his son plays for the Canmore Eagles, my cousin's kid Ethan plays for the Eagles, so we went out to watch the game, and I, can I just say this, couple things, you've noticed that I've been in a really good mood all week, and it's, it started with going to the Flames game Tuesday night, seeing all our friends, getting out, getting some fresh air. And it's just been good. Be, being social, which isn't normally my thing, but yeah. it's been good. That hockey game last night, I was so impressed. I don't know if it was a one-off. I don't know if that's an AJHL thing versus what I'm used to, the Saskatchewan Junior League, but the Alberta Junior League. That game last night, when I would say old-time hockey, it wasn't cheap shots or brawling. It was just tough hockey. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, it was the kind of hockey that I enjoyed. And I said to Jimmy, I'll be back out here. Coaches Andrew Milne, 
Um, former Swift Current Bronco. And I just want to tell you, I had a great time last night. So It looked like it. We saw it on our social feeds. It looked like a great time. We yeah. even caught some of the guys sticking them in the, in the face. Like, they were intense. Well, I was so happy. So much was going on in the game. So I, I took the phone and I put it on the Rod Peterson Show Instagram story. And I said, I haven't been in a junior game this rough since 1987. And then I'm like, I hope something happens here that I can film to, to back up my statement. And then a guy got cross-checked in the face minutes later. Yeah. Awesome. No penalty. There was no penalty Just on that let play. him go. Just let it. him go. And I should have said, eh, junior A game. I've seen major junior games rougher, but it was just... A fantastic time, and as we were walking through downtown Canmore, Jimmy said to me, have you ever, ever been here? And I said, you know what? We came here in the 2000s, and we skated on an outdoor rink. Not even outdoor rink, on the lake yeah. in the midst of the mountains and the fir trees. And I said, Jimmy, I caught my, my, I was skating with the Regina Pats, and I caught my skate in a rut on the ice. That always happens in an outdoor rink with me. And I went down and landed on my hand. I was holding my hockey stick, and I s broke my hand. I split my hand right in half. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I'd like to say that was the last time I ever played <laughs> in an outdoor ice. It wasn't, dummy. So, anyways, it was, that was the last time in Canmore till last night. So, thank you, Canmore. We'll be out and about. Okay, can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Director Jordan, please, and thank you. As you notice by our guest list, there's a lot of football, but it's all topics here in the warm-up live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. So number one, we open with the NHL. Cole Caulfield forced overtime with 8.7 seconds to go in regulation and then scored the winner in overtime to help the Montreal Canadiens snap a 10-game slide. They beat the Blues 3-2. Garnet Hathaway scored two goals in a span of less than two minutes late in the third, and the Capitals rallied to beat Philly 5-3. In New York, no Noah Dobson and Matthew Barzal had score, each uh, scored and had a helper helping the Isles snap a three-game slide, beating Boston 4-1. Taylor Hall scored for the Bruins, who've lost four of their last five. By the way, I had a little reaction out of New York yesterday regarding Kelly Rudy's interview. I think of him as a king. New York thinks of him as an islander, just so you know. Yeah. Far more reaction out of uh, my friends in New York than L.A. Go figure. Also in New York, Pius Suter scored the winner in the sixth round of the shootout. Thomas Grice made 37 saves as Detroit beat the Rangers 3-2. Hey, the Leafs played last night, don't you know? Morgan Riley and Austin Matthews each had a goal and a helper. Jack Campbell made 45 saves to lead Toronto past Pittsburgh 4-1. Austin Watson scored the tiebreaker in the third period for Ottawa in a 3-1 win over Buffalo. Uh, Red-hot Patrick Laine. Scored a Hattie. Columbus beat Chicago 7-4, but who doesn't beat Chicago? Winnipeg Jets are winning. Josh Morrissey scored the tie-breaking goal with 6-10 to go in the third. The Jets beat Seattle 5-3. In Edmonton, Neon Leon scored twice. Edmonton routed Anaheim 7-3, and the orders remain unbeaten under Jay Woodcroft. And finally, JT Miller scored with 221 remaining in overtime after Vancouver allowed a tying goal in the second, uh, final second of regulation. The Canucks beat San Jose 5-4. That's the NHL story. Seattle's here in Calgary tomorrow night, but I won't be at the game. I'll be in Red Deer broadcasting the Rebels on the ice. Can't wait. Have you decided what you're doing tomorrow night? Did I invite you to go to Red Deer? If not, I'm no. officially uh, <laughs> asking you now. Um, we'll see. There's okay. a lot going on. So the Flames game, there's that, and... Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. There's just so much to do. I know. By the way, a lot of time for the warm-up here today, and I'm going to get into the football now. 40 full minutes of the warm-up before we bring in Tanya Walter of the BC Lions. I'm wondering if any but the, anybody but the football people 
care about this. The USFL draft goes February 22nd. That's Tuesday. For whatever reason, I thought it was today. So I Googled it, did some work on it. Using a lottery, the United States Football League determined the first-round draft order. The Michigan Panthers, coached by former Titans and Rams head coach Jeff Fisher, won the first overall pick. Here's how the rest of the draft will play out. There's only eight teams, okay? This is for the football people, and just if you don't care about it, keep listening. Number one, Michigan Panthers. Number two, Tampa Bay Bandits. Number three, Philadelphia Stars. Number four, New Jersey Generals. Number five, the Houston Gamblers. Number five, the Birmingham Stallions. Number seven, the Pittsburgh Maulers. And number eight, the New Orleans Breakers. And the story that I read, Moose, says, Jeff Fisher's NFL teams drafted several future stars during his 25 years as a head coach. Among players, Fisher's team selected in the first round include Steve McNair, Eddie George, Chris Johnson, Todd Gurley, Javon Kurse, and Aaron Donald. Does anybody care about the USFL draft? So, hands up, I guess this, this won't be the poll question, but did you just learn the draft order for the USFL, or did you just learn the eight teams that are in the USFL? Both! I'm the latter, yeah. I'm both. I mean, it was just, I was listening, oh, there's a team in Tampa? Oh, there's a team here? So I learned about that. Um... We'll see after the draft. If I know any of the names of the players that get drafted, maybe I'll be interested. Mm-hmm. We'll see where it goes. Will you watch? Because they're playing this spring, you know. Yeah. I think it's April 16th they kick off. I don't know. As of right now, I would probably, I would be betting on probably I won't be watching. Really? Yeah. Well, as you would say, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. But if, there, if there's some players here and some intrigue that this is going to draw me to the TV, then yeah. I'm interested in it. And I don't typify myself as a football guy although the football people do. But here's the difference between a fledgling upstart football league versus, let's say, a fledgling upstart minor pro hockey league. Let's say the Southern Pro Hockey League, the SPHL. The hockey people would say this. News comes across, new minor league to start in southeastern United States. The hockey people would go, good for them. Hope it works. From the same news service, fledgling football, upstart league to start in the United States. It'll never work. It's a joke. It'll never work. That's the football people. Right. That's the difference. And trust me, I know. (laughs) Been around them for a long time. Moving on to point three. Actually, that might be a good poll question because we didn't have a poll question. I'm going to put that out to you, the Rod Squad, what you think would be a good poll question. We did the Olympics yesterday. We did the orders the day before that. Will you be watching the USFL when it kicks off in April? That might be a, a decent football Friday for Flame Tech question. Yeah. That's not bad. I would vote yes, and clearly you would vote no. I'd vote no. Yeah. Wow. I'm not saying that needs to be it. You tell me if you have a better poll question. We'll wait until the first break before we post it for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center with dealerships across the prairies. Sure. 2.3. The Edmonton Elks released linebacker Malik Clements and offensive lineman Jahair Jones on Thursday. Both players are Americans. Now listen up for a second. Clements had 11 tackles in 11 games with the Elks last year. His first in the CFL. Jahair Jones leaves Edmonton without having taken part in any games with the club. So that reminds me a little bit of Derek Moncrief when he signed with the Raiders and then got released by the Raiders. This isn't just an Edmonton thing. But Edmonton, you get ready for the Chris Jones show. 
You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like the 114 players that set a CFL record when he was with the Rough Riders in 2016, that might be light <laughs> compared to what Jones does. And the thing, I'll, I'll sit here, stare at the ceiling of my bedroom here at Gray Eagle and think about these things. Edmonton thinks they knew what they had with Chris Jones the last time he was there. And it was a great cop in 2015. Yeah. But he didn't have the keys to the castle. Ed Hervey had the keys to the castle. Ed Hervey had to let Chris Jones into the castle. Right. And now Jones has the keys to the castle. Like, we got to get let in here every morning. It was the same thing. That's Ed Hervey waiting at the door every day. Morning, Chris. Morning, Ed. See, you said these guys should give us a key here because we're yeah, here I for said five weeks morning. every day. Well, doing that metaphor, if we had a key, all these TVs would be changed to us. It'd be redecorated. They wouldn't even recognize the place when they came in in the morning. True that. And it's probably that? going to be the same in Edmonton. You're going to look at this team and this organization and the roster and whoever's managing the salary cap and managing, you know, player stipends and meals and travel is going to be like, I don't recognize my job anymore. Of course. So, yeah, this is just the beginning. We'll, we'll see where it goes. And, and you can be sure that it's going to turn into more success in the field. I mean, it can't get a lot worse than it was last year. But uh, it's going to be entertaining. and It's going to be must follow. I got one. Okay. This could be a poll question, too. I was talking to a football guy yesterday as I was driving out to beautiful Canmore, Alberta, for an hour. Really helps pass the time. You like to do that, don't you, when yeah. you're driving? You like to talk on the phone. I don't normally, but this guy's a pretty good friend of mine. And uh, he thinks the Edmonton Elks will finish ahead of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year. He says Winnipeg's a runaway, number one. Okay. And he was kind of ranking where we're at now, mindful of the fact that it's February 18th, last I checked. He says Edmonton will finish ahead of Saskatchewan. This guy worked in the league for quite a long time. And does that even matter? Like, it, it doesn't actually matter, I don't think. What matters is who's playing in the Grey Cup at the end. Right. right? <sighs> yeah, and it makes me think of that question. Um, because I think we can take BC out. I mean, it's probably the least of the, of the four. But wh Agreed. Who would you least like to see? And it's a, it's a poll question for Ryder fans, but who would you least like to see in your stadium in the Grey Cup? Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton. Ooh, that's a good one. Right? And you can put BC in there too. But who would you least like to see in your dressing room, in your, in your building, if the Riders can't be in the Grey Cup? I think it might be Edmonton. Because I don't think they could handle Chris yeah, Jones. A, going that's back a good one. That's a really, that's a really good one. Uh, let me think about that for a second. Uh, and I'm looking at the comments from the viewers here. YouTube live. Tacona Pally in Winnipeg says, Rod, are you calling the ice game this weekend? Yes or no? It's a yes. Do you think it's changed? I've been saying it all week. Brian Biggie Munns and I will be at the microphone for the Winnipeg ice game on 1290 AM Winnipeg on Saturday night. Stop asking. Ryland watching in Seattle says, if the Elks finish ahead of the Riders, I'll eat my shoe. How about oh, that? There, there's so many moving parts. Do we even know who Edmonton's first uh, game starting quarterback will be? Right. I feel like we don't know that. Corey Grismer watching on YouTube says, ABC, anyone but Calgary. That works out perfect. It, it, we'll, we'll title it, Poll for Rider Fans. Who do you least want to see? How would you word that? Who do you least want to see 
Yeah, who would you least want to see? Because they expect themselves are going to be in the great yeah. so it would be hard to answer. It's a, it's a wordy poll question. It's a very wordy poll question. Somebody know. What would drive you the most nuts? Can somebody help us out with the wording of this? Yeah. John Ohm's watching in Winnipeg. He says, flip a coin on Edmonton and Winnipeg in the Ryder dressing room. That's the thing. They couldn't handle either one. Imagine Jones. Dickie, get your stuff out of my office. Where's Murph? Oh, did you imagine? How about that? <laughs> you know, in, in Calgary, if, if Bo was in there, right? <laughs> Sitting in Fajardo's stall. Bo would walk in like Conor McGregor. Where's Cody's locker? Right. Clear it out. Stuffing garbage bags out front. You know, and then Winnipeg. You got Zach back in the Ryder locker room leading the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. In Cracking the a pill. Yeah. It's just great Western original 16. What am I thinking? But you know what? Like, <laughs> I know. Uh, but, like, I'm a Ryder fan, so, like, this is what fans do. We sit here and we, we gnaw at this stuff, right? Because it's like we, we, we don't get to the Grey Cup that often, so we just assume somebody else is going to be in it. Fair. That would have been a question in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Regarding the United States Football League, Jason's watching in Red Deer. He says, will it be available to watch here in Canada? Maybe a bigger question. Darren watching in Salt Lake City says, the games will be on Fox and NBC in the States. So if you get those stations... You can watch. Shoot, I watched the fan-controlled football league on Twitch. It had 40,000 viewers. You know know what I mean? So get with it. Okay, we're just halfway through the warm-up. We'll continue all of this fun talk when we come back. It is our 700th episode. We're live from the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. And you're watching on Game Plus, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Big day here at Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. It is our 700th episode on the way. Tanya Walter, the newest assistant coach of the BC Lions. Sheldon Napastic's going to be joining us right down here at Gray Eagle. And if you thought the interview with Kelly Rudy was fun down memory lane, which it was from a hockey perspective, you'll love the chat with Sheldon Nasty Napastic. And I'll get to his story. Why Why you're going to want to tune into that in a second. A couple things I want to mention, folks. Telemiracle is coming up, the great Saskatchewan tradition. And we are asking our viewers to please help out with the online 50-50 raffle for Telemiracle. It supports the Kinsman Foundation, and we know the great things that the Kinsman Foundation does. They are helping people every day improve their quality of life through gifts of independence, mobility equipment, and medical travel assistance. So all you have to do is 19, be 19 years of age or over, and in the province of Saskatchewan, that's all you need. I see that a lot of people are buying. We're getting about $6,000 a day sold. That ain't bad. That's pretty good. Going, But we got a lot to sell to get to the last year's total of $726,000. Don't wait. Buy it now. And a little later on, I'll tell you about Tough Tribe. I'll just tell you one story about Sheldon Napastek. He played at Iowa or Iowa State. I think Iowa State. But he's from North Battleford. He was a defensive lineman. And he wore number 92. And he was a businessman. I think he got a business degree at, uh, in Iowa. Okay. And he sold hot dogs on a cart in downtown Saskatoon. He was one of those guys. Cart very, vendor. Very in popular. His, in his mid-20s. Yeah. And because he'd played college ball at a high level, he was, he was a good player. He told, so he started to uh, ask the riders for a tryout. And lo and behold, he makes the team. 
and the media was asking him, what was the impetus, Sheldon, for you? What made you want to do this? Kind of make a comeback or play pro? He's like, well, I was selling these hot dogs to these riders coming out of the bar at 2.30 in the morning <laughs> every night thinking if they can do it, I can do it. And he made the team, had a great career. And went on to play for the Stampeders, never left. And I think he, last we talked, I think he said that he was doing uh, real estate here. Unreal. He had a radio show here yeah. with Randy Chevrier. They called it the Chevy and Nasty Show. The guy's got personality. He's got schutzpah, pizzazz. Sheldon DePasta. That's unbelievable. Who knew? You guys said you're, you know, loading these guys up with hot dogs and think, these guys are living, I could go and do what they're doing. This is nothing. I'm leaving the bar at least sober at 2.30 in the morning. These guys aren't. And then he went and did it. Exactly. So we'll get him to tell that story. So the other day I sent him the hot dog emoji. Sent it to him. <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> you know, at 20 years old, like, did he get, you know, safe food handling certificates? And did he, or did he just set up shop? Uh, you, know, you, you know the answer <laughs> to that. Start selling hot dogs. Street, street meat. Yeah. Spicy. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I just looked him up. Here. Sheldon to pass the commercial sales and leasing LinkedIn. First thing that comes up is his LinkedIn, not his football career. Iowa State. And he played in the CFL from 99 to 2006. Memory starts to go as we get older, right, Kent? Or mine, anyways, I shouldn't speak for you. Uh, and our poll question, we've got it up there. I think it's a fun one for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center today. It's for Ryder fans only. Who would be the worst rep of the West Division in the 2022 Grey Cup? We just posted it moments ago, and I want to hear from the Ryder Nation on this one. If you, if you weren't there yourself, it, it depends who's answering. It depends how you feel. Like, I just... Yeah. <laughs> early on, Winnipeg's leading, which should not probably surprise anybody, but Winnipeg's leading. The only thing I'll be able to you know, I think accurately predict is that BC is not going to get a lot of votes. BC won't get a lot of votes. It's going to be between Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Calgary. And I'm not sure which one's going to win. Probably Winnipeg just because, but I think Edmonton, just the Chris Jones factor. And now a lot of former riders on that team too. Mm -hmm. And then Calgary has been in my lifetime, Saskatchewan's biggest rival. So I don't know. Oh boy. Tacona Pally wants to know, Rod, what floor are you on? We are on the main floor, okay? It's interesting, by the way. A flame staffer called me last night while I was on my way to the game in Camor. And he says, I've been watching your social media. How come you have not called me? And I said, I don't want to bother you. To be quite honest, I, I can't remember why this has come up in my mind. It's, one of the comments has jarred my memory here. And I said, I'm so hyper afraid of having our credentials pulled. He's like, why don't you come down to where I am? And I said, I don't want to ha lose my pass, okay? I know how hyper-conscious the leagues are of COVID rules. Yeah. And he goes, ah, fair. He says, next time, text me that when you're coming to the game, and I'll come out and meet you. So they are following oh, what we're doing. That's good. Uh, now I got a call coming. It's been a day. <laughs> It's been quite the 24 hours. Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg writes in. He says, Steve Armitage has announced his retirement. Didn't he like four or five years ago? Has he been doing Olympics? Not that he I've heard. He did the, uh, where were the last Olympics? The Summer Olympics? 
Tokyo. Mm. He did the Tokyo games because I watched. He's so good. Oh, yeah. So good. An iconic voice. And a tremendous CFL broadcaster as well. Oh. I, knew, I knew that this would get the CFL fans jumping. It is a Flame Tech Football Friday. Flame Tech, your industry leaders in combustion services. Carlos in Indianapolis, who I believe identifies himself as a Rough Riders fan, says at least we're only picking one. The worst would be two of the above, courtesy of the crossover. There's not two Eastern teams coming to play in the Grey Cup, so stop it. Uh, from Darren Workman in Salt Lake City, BC seems to be the redheaded stepchild of the CFL, stuck way out west by themselves. That's always been the case. Mm -hmm. So the uh, again, and I'm going to open up the 902 text line here and see what's popping there. I'll just open it up and then I'll move on with the rest of our uh, comments here. It is our 700th episode. We are live from the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. Sheldon DePasta coming up. Stampeders and uh, Riders alum. Hmm. Chris watching in Surrey, BC writes in. He says, I'm pulling up YouTube just to vote for BC. And he's a Lions fan. Allie in Sherwood Park, Alberta says, Aloha, RP show. Congratulations on your 700th. We look forward to many more entertaining, informative shows. Thank you, Ali. As do we, right, Darren? Well, I can tell you that based on some meetings and calls that I've had, the show's not going away anytime soon. Oh, good. So that should be good news for everybody. Trent watching in Norway writes in. He says, I remember Steve Armitage as a great football, soccer, and swimming announcer. I believe he announced the 2007 Grey Cup. Now, welcome the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Remember that at Skydome in 2007? I'm pretty sure. I think he did. He had to have. It was the last game on CBC. It was Steve Armitage. Yeah. Very good. Outstanding broadcaster. Steve Armitage, I guess, announcing his retirement today. Speaking of uh, old Steve Armitage. Olympic announcer Canada added four medals to its tally at the Beijing Games. Calgary's Cassie Sharp won silver in the women's free ski halfpipe ahead of Rachel Carker from Aaron, Ontario, who took bronze. Speed skater Laurent Dubray of Levis, Quebec, won silver in the men's 1,000 meters in Canada, claimed bronze in men's curling by defeated the United States in the third-place match. Canada now has 24 medals in Beijing. I know for the Summer Olympics, we set the over-under at like 22, right? Mm -hmm. So we're at 24 now for the winter? That's pretty good. Well, yeah, but we're used to getting closer to 30 and into the 30s right after. Aren't you Debbie Downer today? 2010. I'm not down. I'm just, I have high expectations. I think so highly of our athletes. Uh, but you know what? Um, we're, we're doing okay. It's just one of those games that's just, it feels like a shoulder shrug, right? We, I don't know if it's the time zone, if it's that there's no fans there, or if it's just that we haven't, you know, maybe grabbed as many golds and as many medals as we hoped. Right. Well, there's a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. We haven't been able to follow it all. But you know what? You, you, you think we're a lock in curling, and you think we're a lock in I asked that hockey. last night. I was sitting up late watching the games, and I'm like, I just you know, tweeted the poll. What's going on with the curling? Is it, is it that we've been really bad, or the, world, the rest of the world's gotten that much better? And I think the consensus is that the rest of the world's gotten better. So I think that's a good thing. But, uh, yeah, we're usually a lock, and we weren't this year. 
With my next point, which is the fifth point, and we've got to speed it up here before we break and bring in Tanya Walter of the BC Lions, the NBA's All-Star Weekend kicks off today. It all starts with the Rising Stars Challenge. That revamped event is a four-team tournament format featuring 12 rookies, 12 second-year players, and four players from the NBA G League. The four coaches for the tourney are Rick Berry, Gary Payton, Isaiah Thomas, and James Worthy. The question would be, are you going to be watching the NBA All-Star Game? And I'm sorry, but for me, it'll be an emphatic no. Or any of the festivities, for that matter, because I've always enjoyed the dunk contest. Mm -hmm. I have. Probably of all the All-Star Games, this would be up there. Because in the, I watched one play of the Pro Bowl. That was one too many. NHL All-Star Game is a rec game. Rec, recreational game. Uh, the NBA, the baseball, of course, there's a little on the line, right? With yeah. home field in the World Series. So they've tightened that up a little bit. And the NBA, they don't play defense anyway. So in the regular season, let alone All-Star game. Oh, no, yeah. It, I'm not going to watch, but that might, be, might have been a good poll question. Will you watch any of the NBA All-Star festivities? Yeah, and I, and I think you're probably going to get more people saying no. It's more of a, those games are more <clears throat> for the younger audience, I think. You know, the kids. Um, and I think that's great. I think that's what you should do. You should aim it at the kids and, and have fun with that and away you go. But yeah, we, you and I probably won't watch. Also, my last point before I let you go, Moose. Oh, e, here's the hook. Okay. We're going to talk about this later. I had it written as a chicken scratch to the side of my page. Uh, junior hockey tickets, hockey tickets overall, really has people buzzing. I saw on Twitter here somebody complaining that they went to buy three Pats tickets for the family. It was uh, $94 for the three Pats tickets, junior hockey. For the same three tickets for the Saskatoon Blades, $62 which works out to 20-some dollars a person. And for the Moose Jaw Warriors, $57 for those three tickets, so less than $20. So the Pats are getting slammed for overpricing their tickets to come watch Connor Bedard. I don't know. Are they right? Are they wrong? We're going to talk about that a little later because tonight, this is my sixth point. This led me into it. The NLL weekend. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rush are at the Colorado Mammoth on Sunday. The Calgary Roughnecks are home tonight to the Vancouver Warriors. I got a hold of the uh, Roughnecks. I said, would you mind getting us media passes for Moose and I? They said, Rod, whatever you need, your passes will be there waiting for you when you show up tonight. Awesome. So we, if you want to know why we're in Calgary, look at the way, or wherever we go, look at the way that we're being treated. It's unbelievable. And you looked up the tickets. You're like, in case we don't get passes, well, you looked up the tickets. I asked. I'm like, maybe we want to sit amongst the crowd, right? I mean, $30, $32 to sit in the upper bowl. And I think it's like starting at like 52 bucks to sit in the lower bowl. That's not bad. It's not bad. That's not bad. So. Should be over 11000 This now. is a professional sport, the NLL. And um, those are pretty good ticket prices as far as I'm concerned, $50 and $30. But fortunately, thanks to the Roughnecks, we'll be sitting in the press box tonight. But I know it's always a very hot button issue with the fans is uh, ticket prices so we'll talk about that later moose i will see you back at some point in hour two at some point enjoy yourself it is our 700th episode of the rp show coming to you live from gray eagle resort and casino we'll be right back you're watching on game plus tv youtube live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com head to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now you gotta subscribe click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed Live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, as you see morning 
Rising here in the foothills, as we say here at Gray Eagle, the gateway to the foothills. We are here on a five-week residency broadcasting the RP Show. This is Calgary's entertainment destination, and we're pleased to have you aboard today on a Flame Tech Football Friday. And very pleased to welcome Tanya Walter to the program today, the newest member of the BC Lions. I'm reading from the news release that went out first part of the week the bc lions announced today the hiring of tanya walter to the coaching staff as defensive assistant walter becomes the first full-time female coaching hire in canadian football league history and she joins us now i know you're an alberta gal tanya but you're now working for a bc team where are you joining us from today uh right now i am still in edmonton for the next little bit before i head out to vancouver Right. Well, it's going to get uh, very busy, obviously, because as you know, the pace of this sport. I want to say congratulations on this appointment. I've seen all the ballyhoo. Uh, even I worked in the league for 20 years. The coverage has been amazing. Has it, has it surprised you a little bit? Overwhelmed you a little bit? Um, you know, I knew that it would like, I knew that it would hit the news and I was well aware of that. I mean, I've seen you know, women I know who coach in the NFL and how that has kind of transpired when they've been brought on. So I was expecting it. Uh, I don't know if I was expecting it to the point that it is. And I'm also honestly very, I'm very impressed at how positive everything has been. I mean, I know I've seen again, the NFL side of things where it wasn't always, you know, the most positive, but I think, you know, it's a huge difference in Canada. And I think that says a lot about the sport and it says a lot about our country. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, uh, Tanya, I wasn't aware of your resume before you took this job. So if you wouldn't mind, could you please uh, inform our viewers of your playing and coaching resume and what you feel uh, has you ready for this new role? Yeah, absolutely. So I started playing for the Edmonton Storm, who play in the Western Women's Canadian Football League in 2013. Um, this year, obviously, I'll be retiring, but I've been playing for them since then. In 2016, I represented Team Alberta at the Canadian Nationals. And then in 2017, I went on to play for Team Canada in the World Championships. Um, you know, many awards along the way. I had the opportunity to go down to a couple camps in the States, uh, the World Women's Football Games. I also was invited to attend the 2018 uh, NFL Women's Career Forum, which was kind of where I guess I could say this whole process really began, uh, but as a coach, uh, a couple years into playing, um, I coached basketball before I, you know, taught dance and stuff. So it wasn't really anything that was overly new to me to be a coach. And also I have, you know, a long career in personal training and sports performance, which a lot of those skills when it comes to coaching are very overlapping. So I started coaching for the FX high school team here in Edmonton in 2017, I believe. And I've been with them since up until now. I've also had the opportunity to take two teams to flag football nationals and uh, regionals with Football Alberta. And on top of that, I coached one of our uh, all-girls tackle football teams here in Edmonton in the inaugural year to a championship. And then really any coaching opportunity that's come along, I've, you know, I've went for it. So I've coached a little bit here and there with the Edmonton Huskies, as well as I've worked with some of the U18, U16 football Alberta um, camps and tryouts. So I've, you know, really taken the opportunity when it's presented itself to put myself in as many different scenarios and positions as possible. 
Um, on top of that, I've done a lot of develop development pieces in Edmonton for girls football specifically and women's. So I think a lot of the, you know, the skills of trying to build something and perfect something really do fall into that coaching parameter as well. And the last two years, I've also spent working directly with the Minor Football Association here in Edmonton and another organization called Free Play for Kids. So I had just recently in 2020 flipped right into football administration as well. Forgive me, the uh, news release does not say, there's a quotes from yourself and head coach Rick Campbell co and Cogium, what your role is going to be with the Lions. Has that been announced anywhere? Has that been talked about? Yeah, so it's defensive assistant coach. Uh, so not in charge of any specific positional group, but just really assisting all of the groups as well as special teams. So a lot of film stuff, a lot of logging, um, and just general, you know, being there for all of the defensive coaches whenever possible. Oh, cool. So, well, do you have a preferred side of the ball? Obviously, I mean, you've been doing this long enough, you're going to see all three phases of the game, but what's your niche? Which side did you play or did you have a specialty? So I started out as a linebacker and I spent most of my playing career there until the last couple of years. Uh, when I went to Team Canada, I actually played offensive line for the first time. So that was my first crack at the offensive side of the ball, which was uh, really great because at that time, like I was still you know, new-ish to football and to actually finally get to learn the other side uh, from a player perspective was really great. Um, I still think I'm definitely a defensive player, defensive coach at heart, um, even though I have spent a good amount of time on the other side of the ball at offensive line. Yeah, I don't think it ever really leaves you, whatever you're, you know, whatever you're, what's in your DNA, if it's the defensive stuff, Wally's a defensive coach. You know, Chris Jones is a defensive coach, which reminds me, by the way, so you're an Edmonton gal or Forestburg, Alberta, which must be a small town because I've never heard of it. How, where is Forestburg, Alberta? So it's two hours southeast of Edmonton. And yes, you're correct. It is very small, like 800 people and probably hasn't changed much recently. Cool. Well, hey, that's like my hometown, 640 people, Milestone, Saskatchewan. The population never goes up or down because every time a girl gets pregnant, a guy leaves town. They say that's the joke of Milestone, Saskatchewan. But a lot of Eskimo or elk fans out there. Uh, what, what's the rooting interest of that community? Sorry, can you repeat that? I missed the beginning of it. What's the favorite CFL team of Forestburg, Alberta? Oh, Forsberg. Um, I guess maybe the Elks. Uh, honestly, like football, I don't think it was really that much on the radar in Forsberg. I mean, we didn't have a local football team. Uh, so just really like anyone out there didn't have a lot of, I guess, access or awareness to the sport, really. Mm -hmm. What was, uh, did you grow up a, I, I don't know what to say, grow up an Eskimo fan, Edmonton football team fan? I mean, did you have a CFL team as a, as a kid? No. So I was very much like the rest of the town. Like I, you know, I was a basketball player. Um, I did competitive dance. I just didn't really have the opportunity to be around football. Um, it wasn't until I moved to the city um, one or two years into it that I started paying attention to football and I started watching it. And actually, the ironic part is, is my my first team, my first favorite team was actually the BC Lions uh, back when they had Casey Printers. Um, so it's kind of neat to see that come full circle. That was a very interesting time in uh, BC Lions football. So you said you're still in Edmonton. You're heading to Vancouver soon. 
Um, what is up for you in the immediate future then uh, getting ready to, I guess you'll be at the combine. What's, what's the schedule ahead for you? Yeah, so I'll be out of the regional combine here in Edmonton. Uh, the end of March, we also head out to Surrey for a week with the coaches, and then we'll be out there full-time starting in May for training camp. Um, right now, for me, a lot of it is just transitioning all of the roles that I hold here onto someone else, um, both of my jobs, and then just, I guess, really getting packed up and ready to I'm just going to read you a couple uh, comments here, if you don't mind, before I let you go. John Ohm in Winnipeg says, congrats, Tanya. Ryan H. watching on YouTube says, the CFL and Tanya taking the lead on this is great to see. Congratulations, Tanya. From Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg, congrats on being a true groundbreaker. Tanya, best of luck this season. Andrew Stute, a Montrealer, says, hey, Rod, I would like to say congrats to another strong woman. I have some strong women in my life, whether it be friends or family. Thank you, Tanya, for showing them that all is possible. Merci. And uh, from Chris in Medicine Hat, congrats, Tanya, you rock. So I am assuming you've had a lot of comments like that, but it never gets old. Yeah, it's, uh, I've, like I've said, I've had an overwhelming amount of support, um, not only from people that I've never met and, you know, I from all over the country, but uh, I've had so much support from my friends and family and especially from like our local female football community uh, it's been really great to see the impact that it's had on a lot of the young girls that have you know just recently started playing football and have really bought into the sport and really bought into the process and it's just been it's been really wonderful to see that impact yeah well I'd, nothing but great uh, blue skies ahead for this tanya thank you for this congrats again and good luck this season with the lions awesome thank you so much rod BC Lions defensive assistant Tanya Walter joining us on this Flame Tech Football Friday. We'll be right back. Sheldon Napastic joining us in hour two, and also Jonathan Woodard, formerly of the Rough Riders, now of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24 Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Great Eagle Event Center is the place to be. That's where we are on this Friday morning. Beautiful morning here in Calgary. The gateway to the foothills. Before we turn it over in the Taco Time Viewer Takeover segment, a sports update. Canada won its first and only curling medal of the Beijing Olympics this morning. Brad Gushu's rink one bronze with an 8-5 victory. Over American John Schuster in the third place match. Gushu stole, stole two points in the ninth end and ran the Americans out of rocks in the tenth. Canada did not reach the playoffs in the women's team event or mixed doubles. Way to go, though. Brad Gushu, another medal for Canada. The Oilers remain a perfect 4-0 under new head coach Jay Woodcroft. Leon Dreisaitl had a pair of goals in Edmonton, thumped the Ducks 7-3. The uh, Oilers have won nine of their past 12 games, uh, as it turns out. I think they're 5-0 and under Jay Woodcroft. Jets defenseman Josh Morrissey snapped a late tie to send Winnipeg to a 5-3 victory over the Seattle Kraken Thursday night. Morrissey scored with just over six minutes to go in the game. Kyle Connor added an empty netter. Jets host the Oilers Saturday night. Four NHL games tonight. No Canadian teams in action. The Nashville Predators are in Carolina. 
the wild host of Florida Panthers. The L.A. Kings take on the Vegas Golden Knights. And the NBA's All-Star Weekend kicks off today, starting with the Rising Stars Challenge. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games for the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. It is our 700th episode. We are coming to you live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino here in lovely Calgary, Alberta. Um, uh, some sad comments coming in, and I'd almost like to say not. Not predictable, because I, with regarding the female hiring of Tanya Walter, we just got to get our heads around this is what it is. I'm going to tell you a little story. I didn't even tell you this, Moose. I was sitting at the departure gate in Los Angeles on Sunday coming home from Super Bowl, and there was a young lady with a big championship ring on her hand, and she had an NFL jacket, and I'm looking at the ring. It was a big ring, and she was just a tiny little thing, some girl in her 20s. Here was where my mind went. Did her dad play? Did her brother play? And then I looked at the ring a little closer, and I'm like, that's an OSU ring, Buckeyes. And it fit her perfectly. She earned it. You know what I mean? And it's like, that is the wrong way of me to think that, she would, that I would think that. And we just had Tanya Walter here. Anyways, this guy wrote in and said that, that it was a token hiring, I guess. And, but I guess people like that will never be convinced. She just came on and gave her whole football resume as a player, a coach, football administration. She's qualified. She might be more qualified than some coaches in the CFL right now. I'm not joking. You know how they get those jobs nasty, some of those guys? Sheldon Nasty Napastic next hour. It's going to be awesome. Stick around here on Game Plus and YouTube Live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.